Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. It's 10.23 p.m. at the Minnesota State Fair, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello, and welcome to Night Call, a call-in show for our dystopian reality. I am Molly Lambert, and with me are Tess Lynch and... Emily Oshida. And later this episode, we are going to bring on our guest, Brandy Brown. She's a comedian from Minneapolis and an expert on the Minnesota State Fair. It's a really fun conversation. Uh, it'll make you wish you could go to a state fair. So stay tuned for that. But first, we are going to jump into it with a night call. Hi, my name is Morgan in Chicago, second time caller. Um, I have some evidence to add to the folder on Instagram listening to us and or mining all of our thoughts. Um, I'm pretty sure that Instagram can tell how long my eye lands on a particular image as I'm scrolling through the explore section of Instagram. Like, if I'm scrolling through and I see something new to my algorithm and my eye lingers on it for a little bit, I'm like, oh, that's odd. Like, I haven't seen uh, seen those coming up before, you know, like a new kind of dog or something. And then I notice them going, like, more and more and more and more, where it's, like, all within the same hour of scrolling. I can see the algorithm changing as I scroll through it, depending on, like, where my gaze lingers the longest. I'm almost positive that Instagram knows exactly where we're looking and for how many microseconds. And it's freaking me out. Okay, bye. I totally believe this as well, oh, by yeah. the way. I have thought, I've had <laughs> this thought before, 100%. You're not 100%, alone. <laughs> 100% believe it. Also continue to believe that it's uh, the mic is on all the time. 
because last week we talked about milk a bunch. We'll talk about milk more later in the show. But I just started getting all these ads for milk afterwards that were like, perhaps you'd like some fresh milk. Milk. So weird. Weird. It never stops being. We've been talking about it the entire time we've had a podcast. I think we started talking about this maybe even on Girls in Hoodies. uh, Yeah, I wrote something about it like a few years ago for Night Gallery, this art gallery in L.A., where Mm -hmm. I talked about just my first experience of like directly getting an ad for something that my friend had said out loud, which was mint chocolate chip ice cream sandwiches, which was so specific that I was like, clearly, mm-hmm. and I wasn't like searching for it before. Right. Um, it feels like more people agree with us now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was, I, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I was, I was routinely mocked for believing in this when I worked at the verge. Nobody thought that this was um, a thing, which is crazy. Cause it's like, we know they scrape our data for everything. Why would we trust them to like, not, use these things right and you're carrying an object that has a camera and a front facing a front facing and a back facing whatever you call it camera and a microphone what why would it not be used uh at all times and of course this just makes me think like of all the times that i've just been looking at instagram while i'm on the toilet i i also think that like do you ever have the thought like when it comes to you know because you know a lot of people put the tape over their um, their laptop and so that I don't know if you're like undressing in front of the camera or something nobody will see you but like I always feel like you should like do as many mundane like unsightly things in front of the camera in case anybody is spying on you because it's annoying to, just to, to discuss them just to anno- just to be annoying I think yeah. <laughs> I like all those memes that are like given the FBI agent assigned to watch me like a real show tonight right giving him a thrill yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> This call also reminded me of um, Elon Musk's company Neuralink, which is the brain-computer interface that he founded in 2016. And it's been mentioned in the news recently because um, they're supposed to be sharing an update in late August. And the last time they gave an update, it was to say that Neuralink planned to use surgical robots to implant teeny tiny wires in our brains that just connect to an external computer processor because Elon Musk is concerned concerned that like we're not efficient enough at competing with AI I guess um but right. last year they said they they've already been do, like performing these tests on mice and apes which is very sad um and then they said next year we're going to start testing on humans you mean it's the lawnmower man yes basically yeah um it's i guess techcrunch had reported on this recently and they said that um, the goal was originally in, uh, to use technology to help mitigate the effects that's a, to quote mitigate the effects of neurological disorders in patients with severe impacts to mobility and other daily functioning, which is great. But then it's, you know, real intent is to like make humans 2.0. Yeah, um, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks at all. Huge yeah. no thanks, especially from Elon Musk. No thanks. I know. Yeah. I gotta say that having Meredith Whitaker on last week, though, was very comforting in a way because she reassured us that a lot of these things that they are marketing as being possible are not, in fact, possible yet. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I was thinking about this, we didn't get a chance to touch on this when we were talking to Meredith, but like, like Elon Musk and and Peter Thiel and a couple other of the big tech dudes uh, are uh, kind of in this community of these thinkers. I use like heavy scare quotes there who um, 
who believe in like hostile AI, like that's their number one concern. Um, it's like all these tech guys have their number one concern, whether it's like building like off worlds or combating the hostile AI. Like what it's like their doomsday scenarios are all um, subtly different in stupid ways. And the hostile AI thing is like a real camp of thought it's, among these guys. Mm-hmm. It's also very funny to me always that they refer to themselves as futurists because like futurism was a, a movement of Italian fascism. <laughs> well, yeah. Just like when they started being like, we're futurists, I was like, maybe call yourself something else. But then it's yeah. like, mm, maybe that's what you meant, actually. Right. Maybe it's on purpose. Yeah. Well, because the original futurists were very obsessed with like machines and like the future as being. And speed and and efficiency and stuff. Yeah. I hear the word efficiency and my eyes roll into my head, you know? Well, yeah. But I mean, I think it's funny, though, that, that, that Elon Musk. Musk in particular is so haunted by this threat of the robots turning on us, which, as Meredith explained, is like unlikely that they're going to become sentient because it's all just a data collection. It's not there's not magic going on there. Uh, But it just it does feel kind of like a very classic, like like Frankenstein type thing where it's just like his anxiety about. Like and his anxiety about like arming humans to be able to com- combat this potential AI threat just feels like a guilty conscience, like just just raging. <laughs> I don't think um, he has a guilty conscience, though, dude. Dude, he uh, in the Werner Herzog documentary about the internet that is not very good but has some interesting parts in it. Um, he he entered he interviews Musk at length and uh, and he just talks about how he has like nightmares all the time and it's very interesting it's like ooh, really i want to know what elon musk's nightmares are well like. i want to know why elon musk's nightmare isn't that when they put wires in your brain and hook you up to a computer that the computer doesn't turn on you now that there are wires know, in your it brain it doesn't make any it doesn't sense make it doesn't, it make, doesn't sense. make sense <laughs> like you just made it easier for the machine to destroy you because now it's got like fingers in your brain you know yeah my yeah, I mean, it's also like having just rewatched The Matrix. I'm like, right, these are the people that want to build The Matrix. They want to, like, put humans in vats. They are the sentinels. Like, they're the squids coming to enslave us and put us in vats of slime. Like, they want that for us. It does also feel like all the transhumanists are so specifically motivated by making transhumanism exist before they die. Well, I want to know... On a, on a broader, like, I know that this is something that comes up a lot. How do you guys feel right now about being a, a brain in a jar? Um, I guess less good than I used to. Right. Because now I'm like, well, I guess it's like if you are the brain in the jar, are you having what feel like real experiences? Yeah. Is the is the sensory needle being poked at you in a satisfactory we way? We never said the brain in the jar had to, like, stay in a room. You know, someone could carry it around. <laughs> Just like the man with two brains, like take, going on a little boat ride. Yeah, with it. Take, take it to the state fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm for sure not as big a fan of the... I mean, it's not that I want to have a body either, though. I think for me, part of the appeal of being a brain in a jar wasn't just that like you get some alone time, but also that you didn't have to worry about a body. And in a sense, I think being um, in the middle of a pandemic has made me even more upset to have a body, you know, because... 
we're kind of like we're we're online a lot obviously we can't do anything without staring into a screen and that is not fun at all like i i don't enjoy this but at the same time if i were truly a brain in a jar then i couldn't get coronavirus could i because it couldn't permeate it's airborne i'm in jelly right the brain in the jar has to be in fluid otherwise the brain's going to dry out and get all cracked and not work so i'm surrounded by protective fluid i cannot be infected whereas now i have all the terrible things about being a brain in a jar but i could get You're terribly still vulnerable sick. Yeah. yeah it's the worst of both worlds i remain anti brain in a jar uh i'm i've, I've that's been my position. Pro body agenda. I love I love having a freaking body, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it rules. Freaking bod. The thing um, that freaks me out the most that is the most Philip K. Dick, which is like another level of it, is when Instagram shows me something I was thinking about but did not see or search for which happens oh that happens all the time but it must be a subliminal well it's like they probably know like okay you've looked up um you've looked up uh like you've been on real self you've been looking at uh uh energy drinks and something else and they can triangulate that and be like therefore you're going to be interested in this fourth thing and like yeah if i'm thinking about martha if i'm like talking about martha stewart and it shows me a picture of martha stewart that's one thing but if i'm just like thinking about it and then it shows me the picture then I go into this crazy mode where I'm like it has to just be a coincidence because it can't possibly like know my thought patterns that well can it and then I want to throw my phone in the ocean but that's also like a chicken and the egg type of thing why are you thinking about Martha right like there had to be steps that led you there and it can see the steps even if that even if those steps are not obvious to you. Well, that adds to the idea that humans are just collections of data. We are just AI. Contrary to uh, what Brie Larson says, I don't believe in free will. (laughs) No, that's not true. (laughs) Have you guys seen that? No. No. Oh my God. You know how Brie Larson like, has dipped her toe into being a a YouTuber a YouTuber so like she does her her sign off on her video like at least on her first video and like where most people would say you know like and subscribe she says like I'm not going to tell you to subscribe because I believe in free will <laughs> wow <laughs> well all right it's that's, the stupidest thing in the world that's funny but we are very predictable people in a lot of ways I think well because there's so we reveal ourselves so much now. yeah yeah we we put so much of that so much of what goes on in our brains is actually like collected now in some way that's why i love when an algorithm fails or doesn't actually know something about me yeah. um my tv commercial algorithm for whatever reason is always like totally off in a way that's really funny yeah but it's the thing it's like you can set it off too where you'll be like if you talk about parenting it'll start serving you ads about parenting it doesn't know that you don't have kids it just does it anyway in case you do right that's when the algorithm is weak when it's just like looking at demographics and it's like oh this person must have a child (laughs) it serves me ads in spanish a lot which i'm always really flattered by i get that a lot too i get a lot of spanish ads i'm always like i wish algorithm (laughs) if only well guys should we take a little vacation via a night email regarding key west Mm -hmm. um this we've been getting a lot of anonymous calls and emails because um, we've been talking about a lot of sensitive topics. So this one is also an anonymous email. 
Hello from Key West. I feel weird for saying this because you guys are a fan of this place, but it hasn't been great here these past few months. Well, honestly, it hasn't been great here the past year and a half that I've lived here, but that's mostly on me. The big issue that we've seen is with opening the island back up to tourists, which happened way too soon. And now the mayor is working with the city council to try and figure out a way to regulate mask usage because of how prominent restaurant and bar attendance is for the island. The mayoral elections are next month, and it seems to be very contentious with many signs for the main three candidates displayed all over the island, mostly outside of people's homes. Multiple places such as Charlie Max and Salsa Loca have closed for good, the former having actually already been sold to an unknown end. My question for you all is, do you think that Key West will survive all of this? Or rather, do you think that an isolated island that relies heavily on tourism and military for income should continue to thrive in this economy when all of this is eventually settled? My odds of leaving here anytime soon are slim, so I am really just wondering about my next move down here. What you guys think great great uh night call night email yeah. thank you I'm, I'm glad to know that we have um at least a listener in key west yeah i mean i think anybody in a tourist a tourism uh, reliant place is in a total catch-22 right now where you need the tourism to come back for economic reasons but you don't want it to come back because it's dangerous or you know we could have just paid everybody to stay home. They could have paid businesses to yeah. to not close. The fact that they were like, we're going to force a reopening, and if you close, it's your fault. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen there's a lot of lobbying happening right now to ensure that companies like don't have to be liable if their workers get COVID and die from going back to work. So it's very gross. Yeah. Yeah, all the concern is in exactly the wrong place. And kind of at the end of the day, it's hard... It's hard to blame, especially in, in places like Key West or like I was just in Carolina Beach here in North Carolina um, a couple of days ago for a few nights. And, um, you know, a lot of these places, they're not they're not like the reason people go there is not like it's for independent businesses is for independently owned restaurants and little bars and stuff like that. So they're not it's not like an Applebee's on the beach. Like these are independent businesses. And if they have one location and it has to close, they're really, you know, kind of screwed. And if they're not getting any kind of help, it's like as much as I cringe when I see people packing into a beach bar um, or not even packing in, just go like going to one and one being open for business, it's just like, well, like, it's hard to know what else they're supposed to do other than completely, you know, like, get out of the entire game. One thing I've seen suggested, I mean, I guess at least in Florida and, like, in Louisiana, you can take drinks away and take them to the beach, at least. Mm -hmm, Um, I've seen people in New York talking about how it's a big issue for bars there and sort of encouraging them to... Yeah, let, they've been doing that there. Let people carry liquor around because they were temporarily letting people do it. And it's like same in L.A., right? They were that was. But it actually does. They don't seem to be very strict about it in L.A. still. Um, but for a while, there was like a cart with cocktails roaming the streets. And I really enjoyed just knowing I didn't order anything, <laughs> but I was like, I like knowing that they're there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, having some flexibility here to support businesses in ways that are safe seems pretty imperative. Yeah. Yeah. If you can make it safer to support those businesses by, you know, changing a changing a law that is sort of silly anyway, like open alcohol carrying laws. Um, but yeah, I think the thing that's really a bummer is that this is hitting restaurants and bars and 
I think that a lot of the places that aren't going to see that much of a downturn in places like Key West and in beach towns and tourist towns is real estate stuff is people who have Airbnbs is that kind of thing because people are still going to these places and people still have, you know, rental houses and stuff and or they have um, they have timeshares or something. Although, oh, this is something there's so many ads when I was driving for um, like like lawyers that would get you out of your timeshare because the resort that it was at. I heard one in LA recently too. Oh, really? That's yeah. so specific. It's very, yeah, it was like this entire cottage industry. And I guess because a lot of the resorts and places where people have timeshares, like the facilities have closed. So like, you know, if you can't go to the pool at your timeshare or whatever, then what's the point of having it? So people are like trying to get out of it. It's very interesting. It was just like such a specific bit of world building for our dystopia yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's very disgusting, especially that the companies that have been built out are these big companies that nobody's using right now, like cruise ships. Right. That's one of those things where you're like, well, who knows even when the cruise industry is going to come back, like, wouldn't it make more sense to give money to workers and people who can't afford not to go back to work right now so that they don't die? Because I also just don't understand it from the business owner perspective. It's like, you don't want your workers to die. Right. Then you need to hire more and you're just assuming there's like an endlessly replenishable source. Well, also, it's such a horrible association for a brand. I mean, we just had in California two workers died at, I think, a Mission Tortilla plant. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just endless. And like it, you know, it really makes you not feel great about supporting a company that has created that problem but so many of them have you know it's also it's it's a similar thing as with it with landlords and evictions it's like that same kind of failure of logic it's like okay mm-hmm. you're gonna lose employees because they're either going to get very very sick or die uh and then you're just going to replace them and you assume that people are going to still want to that people right. are still going to be able to work for you uh, in the same way, it's like, okay, I'm just going to evict people because they can't pay their rent because their entire uh, livelihood has been destroyed. Uh, and I'm going to assume that there's an unlimited supply of people whose livelihoods haven't been destroyed that can take over their lease or whatever. Right. It's like, very, who's, who's moving in? Yeah. You know? It's, it's <laughs> such a weird... It's like, oh, the pe- no, my my tenants who couldn't pay rent, they were a special failure case. Like, yeah. right. I don't understand like not wanting poor people to exist when your whole model is based on exploiting them for labor. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, uh, it also though yeah. just going back to Key West, I have to say that so the other day we had a series of earthquakes in LA. Um, and it just was also a reminder that every the things that have been happening over the past uh year ish who expected any of this and then there are so many other factors like earthquakes and fires so it's also just so hard to predict like what cities will you know go under because of covid related reasons and what cities i mean i guess everything is kind of entangled so everything could probably be covid related but i mean with key west it's like and and other places too you're like we just don't know i mean there's we're so focused on the pandemic and as we should be but then there are also like all of these other factors that are going to continue happening I hope Key West exists. I hope everyone's thinking about the way that the way money is is spent and who gets to spend it mm-hmm. and when, you know, it's it's imaginary on some level. So it does seem crazy to me when you hear about like these big companies getting these like million, you know, millions of dollar bailouts and then they say like 
And we have to stop unemployment because we can't, right. you know, afford yeah. to pay people anymore. It's like, again, that thing of companies being treated more like people than people get treated. I do think that there's one thing that having been in a beach town recently and having also been in Galveston a couple weeks back, like, and even though there are like nightmarish aspects to both of them, it, it, at the end of the day, like you're going I mean, there are other reasons that are unique to every town, but you're going to these places for their position in nature, like their proximity to a peach or a park or whatever the case may be. And that stuff remains available. Like, Mm -hmm. you can go to the beach. I mean, there are, you know, I did, we did this thing where we like went and walked out and I just wanted to like scope out what it looked like at its most crowded at like the high point. And it's like, okay, we won't go then. We'll go to like the dead hours and you can go. And it's fine. It's like totally safe. And I think it's like it's, if it's available to you, it's something that you can do now, like whether or not that keeps a town afloat if all you're doing is like going to the beach and not going to their bars and their hangouts and, you know, giving your money to local businesses like that's a whole other thing. But like, I think that if you're responsible about it, it can be very good for your mental health eventually you just have to consider your mental health and like you know the fact that you're you're living your rare and precious life you know you got to do something with your body your your awesome body freaking bod (laughs) your freaking bod (laughs) in your freaking bod but that's the thing like i was like swimming in the ocean i was like god damn this is awesome like everything in the world is so shitty right now but like Mm -hmm. i can be here right now and like i know this sounds very woo woo and yoga but like i it it Anything that you can access, whether it's swimming in the ocean or going on a walk in nature somewhere, like, I think is is really important to do right now. Yeah, I mean, even just, like, leaving your phone inside yes. and just going outside for a while yes. is very relaxing. Like, silly relaxing makes me realize how much having a phone on me makes me, like, be tense all the time. Even if you just, like, go to the grocery store and don't bring your phone. Like, try yeah. it. Garden stores? Which oh are yeah. Open mm-hmm, yeah. and allow you to like wander around with a bunch of plants outside. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a great free brain vacation. Totally. And then maybe you spend some money on plants as I did. And support your local garden store. Yeah. It's a win-win. I've no. been supporting my garden store way too much though, guys. It's it's <laughs> getting crazy. Well, my parents went to the garden store. That was like their first trip really out of the house. Um, was there was like a senior hour where you can buy plants in the morning. And they went and I could just sense that it had like a huge effect on their mental health to yeah. like be out for the first time since it started and see just, you know, see nature. Yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to bring on our guest, Brandy, and go on another little vacation to the Minnesota State Fair. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? 
Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back to Night Call and welcome our very special guest, Brandy Brown. Brandy is a comedian from Minneapolis. She co-hosted the podcast Bill Corbett's Funhouse and she regularly hosts at the Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Welcome, Brandy. Hello. Hello. Hi. Brandy is on Twitter as It's the Brandy, Brandy with an I, and was one of my best Twitter follows of all time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I will say that Brandy is highly influential to the Night Call Twitter, too. Oh, yes. As somebody who may or may not be behind the, <laughs> the Night Call Twitter. <laughs> Good follow in general. Yay. Uh, so uh, we hear that you've been, uh, you've, you're have you a big fan of the Minnesota State Fair. I am. I am. And, and they have, they, they've, they've gone ahead with the Minnesota State Fair this way, but like in a very COVID specific way. And I was just like, from reading your tweets, I was just like, how does a state fair even occur right now it just feels like such a vector but i'm sure that you have much firsthand experience so well i mean they're not doing it they're doing it in a pretty safe way which i am not a fan of doing it this way i mean i'm not like i just don't want to do it this way but i'm not saying it's a bad idea it's a great idea tickets went on sale today um it's a uh drive-through state fair kind of huh. experience and yeah um, the thing you need to know about the state fairgrounds is that they're pretty big. I should have looked up how big they are, but it's square miles. Um, yeah. And it's like a normal street 
situation in there with buildings and stuff. So what they're doing is they have, I think, 20 vendors and including the $2 all you can drink milk, which I don't know how they're logistically <laughs> doing that. Um, oh and people, yeah, and they stagger, <laughs> they charge you $20 per car and then they stagger the, you know, entrance so that's not too backed up and people can basically do a drive through. I didn't really look into it because I was just like, I don't, I drive everywhere in Minneapolis. And so when I say I don't drive to the state fair, that's pretty significant because we have a pretty robust park and ride situation normally. So I just leave my car at this lot and then you yeah. pay five bucks to get on a bus that'll take you straight there and it's free to get back um, in the, at night. You can just leave till up to midnight. So I don't want to drive. And also when I go to the state fair, I like to have beers and I share my food with other people. And so I can't, take anyone really <laughs> and so yeah. i'm just probably gonna skip it this year but i mean the fairgrounds are open i could just go have a picnic there and they also it's open the fairgrounds are open for other stuff there they have car shows they have another thing that's going on i think now which is like a drive-through dinosaur experience which Ooh. i just saw an ad for <laughs> what <laughs> yeah I'm i mean into that. yeah it's the roller derby one of the roller derby or several of the roller derby teams play over there in the coliseum so it's a pretty Whoa. big little area so they've mostly just done the, as, aside from the dinosaurs they've mostly just done the drive through for the food stuff this is the first year that's all i think they're doing it's the drive through okay. yeah. um so i mean it's it's safe it's just state fair traffic it's notoriously a nightmare yeah <laughs> so it's like why would i want to do that for funsies <laughs> yeah. yeah but mostly the experience is walking around and sharing your food with people and totally yeah like it's you can't leisurely do that. I mean, it sounds cool. If you have like a family, it's actually great, but you're paying $20 to get in for the car. So that's a flat fee. And then you're paying for the individual food. And a lot of these vendors are exist in the Twin Cities anyway. I'll just get the oh, food, however. Yeah. So it's not like where there's like the one people who make the, the turkey drumstick that you can only have <laughs> like that, that one time yeah. of the year. There's a place so. called Turkey to Go, which they make really great sandwiches and stuff. And they're in the Skyway system and they they have like a storefront or something. So I could just go there. There's a giant egg roll um, Vietnamese place. I, they have a store. They're over Northeast. I mean, there are all, all sorts right. of places. All you can drink milk. I'm lactose intolerant. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> drink milk is insane it sounds like punishment like if you're real if you do something terrible it's like now sit down and drink milk (laughs) until you spew it's like smoking the whole pack exactly (laughs) we were just talking about milk last week in the midwest because emily oh yeah because i was witnessing the the rapid expanse of culver's uh i don't know if you're a culver's fan maybe oh yeah i am like my late grandmother would often guilt me into going to culver's for her like we (laughs) huge culver's family here yeah, I was like, because I, I, I associate, I'm from, I, I, I lived in Iowa for a lot of my childhood. And uh, so it was a big there. It was a big like Wisconsin thing, Minnesota thing. And then I was shocked to see them in like Arizona when I was driving. So Culver's oh, wow. is taking over the country. It's uh, funny that you both are cursed with lactose intolerance yeah. in like the place <laughs> yeah. with the most milk products. That probably is what did it, though. I think if you're like, like, because I drank milkshakes and frozen custards and everything all through my upbringing and then at some point in college was just like no I know exactly when it happened it was (laughs) I remember I was in my cafeteria and I used to have every day with lunch like chocolate milk and it was like really thick like school chocolate milk um but like 
one day I was like, why am I farting so much? And then I was like, well, maybe it's the chocolate milk, which is very thick. So I would cut it with like regular milk and that didn't help. And I was like, oh, I got to stop doing this. Yeah. And it's not super severe for me, but it was like it kicked in when I was like 17. And so, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll eat ice cream and stuff, but at the fair but i can't drink milk also there was a big thing a few years ago where they doubled the price it used to just be a dollar and a rudy boschwitz who was like a politician here i think he was like i don't forgot what he was but he it was like the rudy boschwitz like milk stand and now it's just you know the milk stand or whatever it's called and they were like we have to double the price to two dollars and i was like (laughs) yeah it's fine guys (laughs) no but people were kind of just sad because they were nostalgic for the one dollar milk but I think they had like different flavors. They used to strawberry yeah. might still be around, but it's like plain chocolate strawberry. Every wow, kind of milk! You can never get sick of milk then. <laughs> you can just yeah. keep drinking it. So I take it they're not doing the world famous butter cow as part of the drive-through. Oh, that's Iowa. Iowa does the oh, butter cow. Iowa, um, actually, baby. they are. Oh. They are doing the butter sculpture. So what Minnesota right. has is something called Princess K of the Milky Way. And Princess <laughs> K of the Milky Way, it's a it's a pageant, but it's agriculture and dairy stuff. And it's actually really, not like hard to get it, but you have to know your shit. So the people who get into the finals are all like U of M ag majors who, oh, I wow. think the cutoff is like 23 or something, and they have to like know their dairy shit. So uh, to get to be a finalist <laughs> for that... They all, all the finalists get their, like, you go into this one building, there's the dairy building, and then there's the cattle building, which is different, but the dairy building, um, there's a giant, like, I don't know, like, glass case that's refrigerated, and the, like, the the Milky Way finalists, they wear their little crowns and their sash, and they wear, like, whatever heavy coats they do and they get they sit there and get carved in the the blocks of butter obviously the the winner princess k of the milky way who's the number one gets carved first and it's like on down the line and is a very very prestigious honor like these people will save their butter bust till their wedding day they'll put it in deep freeze and (laughs) it'll be a thing where i think you know i think some there was like a big controversy years ago where like someone's sibling like like destroyed the butter sculpture it's like (laughs) It's a huge deal. And um, so what they're doing this year is I think the person who normally carved the butter sculptures retired and handed it over to someone else. And what they're going to do is they're probably going to put the butter person in the cooler and then put the Princess K person outside of the cooler for social distancing. But they're going to do it this year. I mean, (laughs) they're going to get those sculptures. So, yeah. The main butter artist in Minnesota is not the same lady as in Iowa, is it? Do you know you, you all have your own butter yeah. maestro? Well, the other <laughs> difference with the Iowa butter cow is one, uh, Iowa recycles that butter on that butter cow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like well, two, nobody's going to eat the butter I've seen cow. a documentary. Well, they yeah. eat the Princess K. Like, they'll put it as a centerpiece and just use it for bread Seriously? at the wedding. What? Yeah, because it's just it's a <laughs> giant block of butter that's yeah. brand new. It's very Wait, expensive. quick question. How big are these? Is it like a life-size thing? or I would say it's a pretty standard size, like, bust. Like, they're pretty big. They're, so you we're know, talking like... like one to 30 one. pounds of butter oh yeah at oh, least. Yeah. i mean i, I don't awesome. know what your producers are doing they can google how big the butter cow bust <laughs> are, or the butter the princess k bus but the other thing about this bus is um my ex-boyfriend who i'm still friends with he thought or maybe it was like one of my friends we all go to the fair and he thought that 
they were just carving over and over the same sculpture. And I was like, no, that's each of the women. And if you, you can see their pictures next to the thing and they all look different. I mean, they all look very like Minnesotan and like Scandinavian, but they have different, you know, hair and looks, but you have to kind of make their hair a little longer because of their necks. Because if you don't, their neck will like fall over the butter. <laughs> Breaking news from Joelle. Producer Joelle uh, chimes in. It's a 90 pound block of butter. Holy Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I think that I think butter is um, lighter than like human flesh. By well, yeah. a pound of butter is four <laughs> sticks, right? And it's frozen too. It's pretty. Yeah, you know. yeah. But the butter cow in Iowa, I think I saw a documentary about it. So basically, what happens there is that there's a frame made, um, mm-hmm. and then the butter is applied and then like shaped onto that. Yeah, because there's no way those skinny little cow legs holding up all that that cow yeah. mass. This kind of relates to the drive through dinosaurs. I've seen the dinosaurs live show and it was a little disappointing just because they had to hold up the dinosaurs heads because the dinosaurs necks couldn't support it. Cause yeah. it wasn't a real dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to do select kind of dinosaurs. Like you couldn't do a brontosaurus. You'd yeah, have brontosaurus to do the ones Triceratops you could do. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like probably. Good. Yeah. Let's all get into butter carving. This sounds like the great. Well, I wanted to say also, you introduced me to another hobby that I knew nothing about, which is crop art. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to be hosting a fundraiser for the Minnesota State Auditor, who's her name is Julie Blaha, and I don't have the exact details, but I can like pass them on to you guys. But she is a crop artist herself, and she's really awesome. She used to be a math teacher, just a really fun person. Um. She does crop art and she figured out that like if you enter your crop art and it's not controversial, uh, they'll leave it up for the duration of the fair, which is 12 days. So what she did is she made her political sign like, you know, Julie Blaha vote for her or whatever uh, in crop art. And then she got free advertising for a total of eight dollars. <laughs> and it was oh the my awesomest move I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, behind me, some of my crop art, my novice entry. Uh, it's a shady panda from Polar Bears Cafe, my favorite show. Oh, and my then, God. Yeah. And then um, above that is, I can show you guys later, is the, I entered the special occasion category last year, um, and I did the 30th anniversary of the Game Boy. And that's about, (laughs) like, a six, that piece is, like, 16, or 12 by, like, 16, I think, maybe? Um, Yeah. So the wait. So what is it made of? Oh, it's made of a lot of stuff. So typically in crop art. Oh, so I guess I should back up uh, the history of crop art. And I don't don't quote me on this because I I'm very new to crop art. I'm in my like third year technically if they're you want to count this year they're probably grateful to have new blood in the crop oh, art they are. Oh, they're yeah, the nicest <laughs> people like they're so talented and so nice so crop art started about 55 years the 55th anniversary was actually going to be this year and I was going to do crop art sneakers but that's a different story um <laughs> but uh basically um you know they they started the crop art thing at the fair where you basically just have to use Minnesota crops, they have to grow in Minnesota. It doesn't have to be native to Minnesota. It just has to grow there. So there's someone who is a, um, the woman who originally started crop art, there's a book I was reading called Seed Queen. She started that and then her daughter is now like royalty literally in crop art where she doesn't even enter anymore because she, like she'd destroy everyone else. But she still like shows her art or she'll enter or something like that so they have to grow in minnesota and so there are some really super competitive people who will watch the university of minnesota um experimental like agriculture thing and if they grow a seed hybrid that's a 
that's a legal seed and you just ask a superintendent. Yeah. So what you have to do is you basically, uh, there are different categories. There's the novice category, which is just your first year. Um, There's wearable crop art and there's the amateur division and then the advanced. And if you get a certain number of blue ribbons, you have to go to advanced. Um, There's wearable crop art. There's flat floral arrangements where you can use plant parts beyond the the seeds. Uh, There are... um, crafts i think there you can make like dolls of stuff there's a scarecrow category which is kind of with the crop art but not the same thing and at the state fair there's a whole creative arts thing that's separate from this where people show their jams and stuff and then there's fine arts which is just the artist but i think like crop art is showcased in the agriculture and horticulture building um and it's it's cool it's just like you basically have to turn in your a seed guide where you have little samples of all the seeds you used so that you can you know they can check yeah. it against to make sure it's legal uh so my my panda here it's the easiest one to see uh it's pretty small as crop art goes but i used flax um like regular flax i think golden flax quinoa safflower quinoa wild grows rice. in minnesota uh yeah or somebody's grown it in Minnesota somebody's grown at some it point. uh wild rice um i think there's some uh lentils all the lentils are legal even though they technically shouldn't be because like nobody in minnesota really grows beluga lentil but somebody did <laughs> um <laughs> on record yeah uh sorghum and then uh quinoa different kinds of quinoa canola or rapeseed uh, and i have a story about that um and like i think um a couple of like wild grasses and stuff for lines, but like some of the seeds you can't use. You can't use sesame seed. You can't use anything that's a weed. You can't use hmm. um, white rice. You can use wild rice. But uh, people get really creative. Like I think somebody did a few years ago. They did uh, Bob Marley and hemp seed. That's legal. Nice. Um, somebody nice. did a controversial <laughs> one that stayed up for like three days, where they did Bill Cosby and all canola seed, um, which is also known as rapeseed. <laughs> And oh, God. <laughs> oh my that one God. was taken down. That I think it was the same person who did the hemp seed. Just like people, it's very political too. It, wow. People tend to lean left in this. So it's a lot of yeah, political yeah. statements. Um, and a lot of, it's pretty competitive. The person who won grand champion two years ago, who starts basically her next year's project, and her project's like 36 inches by like 24 inches. And she uses like tiny, tiny, like poppy seeds. Oh, there's poppy seeds on that oh one too. Um, it was a Dr. Seuss thing and I could send you guys pictures, but it was gorgeous. It was about immigration, but it was like making fun of like anti-immigration people using Dr. Seuss. And then the prior year she did Swampy Town, which was just Busy Town, but about Trump with the Busy Town animals. <laughs> oh my God. But it was gorgeous. And you, you could sell these for like thousands. It should be in the fine arts building, but yes. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with another night email. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We received a, a night call for Brandy about crop art. Um, not to take this in a in a morbid direction, but I'm going to. Uh, this person did not sign their email, so we're going to let them be anonymous. I feel like when I watched Witness starring Harrison Ford and learned about grain entrapment, it completely changed my relationship to crop art. Imagine drowning in a vat of paint or being crushed by crayons. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I mean, yeah, you don't fuck with silos. I mean, that's just Midwestern. <laughs> like, I'm from the city, but you, yeah, you don't fuck around in those. Anything on a farm can kill you. So that's yeah. just yeah. general. <laughs> Yeah. But like crop art, I just go to this farm and feed. I mean, the most dangerous part of crop art for me is going a little too far outside the 94 loop, which is I-94 and like all the connecting things and going out to the farm and feed stores to pick up some, you know, like sorghum and stuff. And they're just like, what are you doing? I was like, crop art. And then everyone's super nice. They're like, oh, Brad, what are you doing? And then, so um, yeah, and I get a lot of the edible seeds and stuff from just co-ops and stuff yeah. like that. So did you guys see the story this week about the the, the mystery seeds? Mystery seeds. I would love yeah. to talk about mystery seeds what do you guys think is going yeah. on uh some i heard someone say that was actually like a scam to get ratings or something from something else Wait, can somebody explain the mystery seeds i haven't seen this people were getting mystery packages from companies like wish and alibaba i think uh from 
from and there was just something going around being like do not open the mystery seeds from China they are unmarked seeds from China unidentified and yeah people were receiving them and then the FDA said don't plant them and send them to us so that we can figure out what they are um, but yeah like Brandy said I think you know it's it could be one of those things where it's sellers trying to just send um send packages to people who didn't order anything and then they can use that address to make it a verified purchase and give themselves good reviews but it seems kind of strange because there have been multiple reports well someone someone actually a mutual on twitter said that she got super high and saw that wish had a thing for trees and so she bought trees and she had forgotten she'd done this while super high and she (laughs) got the seeds and she's like oh, that's what it was. Like, they were selling, like, trees, and people oh. thought they were getting trees, which at the State Fair, by the way, uh, last year, I got, a like, an actual seedling for a tree. If I went the first day, and, like, the Forest Service was like, free trees! Like, there's so much stuff. Like, they give yeah. away yardsticks and yeah. all sorts of great things. I so, I mean, people Fair thought they were so getting much. seedlings, and they were just getting seeds. Seeds. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah. two weeks ago, people thought they were going to get children in cabinets. So... <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep up. So going back to the crop art thing and like kind of the the political statements and some of the more stunty crop art uh, entries, it kind of made me curious because I haven't been to a state fair or big fair for a while. I did um, go to the Iowa State Fair a bit um, growing up. And I also went to um, it wasn't a state fair, but it basically was a scale of a state fair in um, in Washington, the Puyallup Fair. Um, I went to that that. one a lot, too. Yeah. um, But uh but I was sort of wondering, like, you know, what is the political vibe of some of these different like is is the is the crop art scene more political than like say the quilting scene or any of the other crafts? I would say yeah, I would say the crop art scene is more left leaning and it's a lot of city people. There's some from outstate, which is outstate is what we call outside of the metro area. So uh-huh. Uh, so that's just you know greater Minnesota outside of the what we call seven county metro area, which also includes like far far western Wisconsin. But um, mm. mostly like a lot of the people who went are like St. Paul, Minneapolis people, and yeah, I mean the quilting people tend to just make gorgeous quilts. And in the creative yeah. arts building, like I said, it's not as political because yeah, it's just I mean the the room for it and the whimsy is just generally like <laughs> stuff that's like always going to be whimsical but the crop art you do new stuff every year yeah. so you're just like and you can enter multiple categories if yeah. you want so people are just kind of you know i have my theories on the pandering what would win with the judges who tend to skew older and you kind of if you do something like pandering to the state fair or minnesota that would win uh my i mean my tetris thing it's good but it rightfully did not even place i actually um I have an ongoing thing where my crop art is accidentally in the background of politicians taking pictures with other crop art. (laughs) So two years ago, my panda was right behind someone's entry, which was a like a head, a 3D head of uh, Ilhan Omar out of seeds. And they just used a base of like, you know, styrofoam and then they made it out of seeds. So she's Uh leaning in front of it. And then behind her is like the shady panda spying. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Then last year, Julie, uh, Julie Blaha actually did a great she entered multiple things last year she entered she did a piece for Peggy Flanagan who is our current lieutenant governor Tom Weber was going to propose to her who he was he's a journalist here and so she did a piece of crop art for their engagement um and like because you can do like birthdays or themes or stuff for the special occasion category and she said and everyone was like well what if you know 
they don't get engaged or he moves a date. And she's like, well, I waited and saved the date, but also her anniversary was coming up anyway. She's like, I could easily just make it me and my husband. So it was fine. <laughs> but it was a gorgeous piece. It won first place, but it was also right. My, my Tetris thing was right below it. So I have a picture of Julie Blaha, who's a state auditor with that. I have a picture of Peggy Flanagan, who's a lieutenant governor with that. And then Tim Walls, who's a governor with my picture. So now it's just like an ongoing thing where I try to, I'm going to try to like get my crop art next to other politician stuff or just to have <laughs> them stop by. Next time you have to put a secret message in that you can only yes. see from very far away. I mean, I'll just put a blatant message in. Like, I like there's like all sorts of stuff. I might actually just make a piece just to like make fun of Amy Klobuchar because there's also <laughs> the Amy Klobuchar ongoing state fair feud um, with me and her. Wait, what what happened? What's the the Amy Klobuchar? Yeah, feud? so Amy Klobuchar is very, very diplomatic always, like to the point where you're like comedically like centrist on stuff because right, you don't want to upset right. people and like so there was a news story before the state fair because everyone's down in Iowa pandering down there in Iowa and of course you're in Iowa you don't want to say the Minnesota state fair is better so somebody said <laughs> which is better and she of course was very diplomatic about it fine she's a guest in Iowa who cares but I saw that and I'm just a huge state fair stand I was like I'm going to ask her which is better and make her say the Minnesota State Fair. So my good friend Haley and I go on the first day and we were like, you know what? We went at like, it opens, the, the gates open at 6 a.m. We were there at 7 with like Haley's mom drove us. And I'm just like, all right, thanks. <laughs> like her mom like picked me up. It was like high school or something. <laughs> and uh, we went and we were like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go like run around. We got these plans. We're going to go see the baby rabbits. We're going to go to the three 4-H musical at 11 or something. We're going to go yeah. find Amy Klobuchar at 2 o'clock at the NPR stage where she's being interviewed. And we're going to ask her this question. It was like, we we totally weren't going to do like, a, it, it's not, it doesn't seem like a gotcha. All you have to do is say the Minnesota State Fair is better. You're in Minnesota, but also objectively, it is a better fair. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, so we were walking around and we were, we hear just yelling and I'm like, that's Amy Klobuchar's voice. And it was from the DFL like shack or like their little like hut that they have. And I was like, well, let's go over there. And Amy Klobuchar is just like yelling. Like the, the joke I have about Amy Klobuchar, which is not even a joke, it's true, is that woman has no indoor voice. She will always <laughs> yell. So like she's yelling. And so I was like, well, let's just do it now. So we kind of snake our way to Amy Klobuchar after she's wrapping up her, her big like rah-rah speech. And she was going to go from the DFL booth to the NPR stage to be interviewed by the news. So I kind of like upstream salmon towards her and i was a dfl our dfl by the way is our democrats the democratic farmer labor thing that's what it's called in minnesota so i was a delegate to the dfl party in 2018 at the state convention and i met amy klobuchar there i walked into the dfl after party that night and there was a prince cover band playing and i saw amy klobuchar dancing with the Michelob Golden and just like toasting the uh, <laughs> the Prince cover band in a oh in a skirt God. suit. It was, I, I'm so glad my <laughs> friends were there. I'm so glad because I'm like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing. So oh we take a God. picture with her. And so I did meet her. So I walk up to her and I was like, Senator Klobuchar, my name is Brandy Brown. And she was kind of just going to do the, oh, nice. And I go, I was a delegate in 2018. And she's like, oh. And at that amount of time, I talked to her. Like, it was enough to slow her down, and then kind of people gathered around. I said, I have a question. It's a fun question, because I wasn't going to do, like, a regular ambush, because it's just venue-wise wasn't the time and place, and you couldn't really pull it off. And I go, uh, yeah, so 
you were in Iowa and you said the Iowa State Fair is better. And by the way, there's video of this. I can send it to you. I tweeted it. And <laughs> my friend Haley, who was on the camera, and she's like, and I said, which state fair is better? And I'm, by the way, in this video, because I went to the horticulture building and there's the beer like the craft brewers guild so you can get like a four pack of like samplers so i'm holding a four pack of like beer and and i'm wearing my little buff around my neck and i'm just like my skin looks amazing in this but um <laughs> it's like the blazing sun and she's like amy klobuchar everyone's like circling around like what is going on why'd she stop and amy klobuchar was like she wants to know which is better the minnesota state fair or the iowa state fair and i was like yeah so which is better and she's like well they have a butter cow and we have the, the the butter bus. And I go, yeah, but which is better? And then she's like, well, we got to bring people together. I'm like, right, but which is better? I just kept oh, like asking her that God. over and over again. And then she like condescendingly like pats me on the shoulder. It's like, ah, and I'm like, and then it cuts off on the video, but I have the full video of me going, well, I guess it's Warren 2020. <laughs> but like, she didn't hear me say that. <laughs> and so it's this ongoing feud and like our alt paper oh city pages published something uh, like called like, because um, there's always a state fair of new foods and like the, the state fair new thing is Amy Klobuchar's flip flop or something. And it's just like this ongoing thing where people would just tweet her and be like, which is better? And <laughs> I, would, I was on, there's a local podcast here called Wrong About Everything and I'm friends with the people on it. And uh, they were doing a state fair thing. Wrong about everything is two Democrats and two Republicans. Uh, one, and they're all friends with each other, and they're really cool, even the Republicans. Um, and I hung out with them, and you know, like Julie Blaha, the state auditor, was on this, and a couple of other DFL people were on this live state fair episode because radio records at the state fair it's just everything yeah. shuts down and everyone goes to the state fair yeah. the news is all from there the radio stations are all there so i'm on this episode and i i'm just sitting there like i get to talk about it i'm just like i would ask every politician i met which is better and of course the answer is even if you're running the diplomatic answer is well they're both great and they both have great things but obviously i gotta go with the hometown Minnesota right. State Fair. Yeah. That's all you, you have to your say. People. No one's going to be mad if you no. favor the home team. I mean, it's also like, like a state fair is one of the most low stakes things that like it's it's like right. lower stakes than sports. You can just be like, well, that's my team. And people will be like, OK, OK. Yeah, like, but she 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 didn't. I don't know. That's so, I, wait. So this was last year that this you was last year. So she was like still thought she had some kind of she won't i'm convinced she won't admit it until like she gets in office like it her not winning this year or getting even the nomination not being vp she won't ever admit it until there's no chance she'll be president so like we've got 20 years of her not doing this <laughs> i followed your journey last summer at the minnesota state fair just like it was the highlight of my summer because <laughs> I've followed, I've watched your, your content for a couple of years now about the Minnesota State Fair. And I, it was just so funny because like you were posting, it was like you were walking around and going to all the different pavilions. And then sometimes you would pass Klobuchar's stand and be like, I'm coming back for you, Amy. My other favorite thing is so there's a Minnesotan here. His name is Tony Webster. His Twitter handle is Webster. And he's a big FOIA guy. He's a journalist. He often sues people to get public data. He's just, excellent and like definitely an important follow in general but he's also like 
takes photos of things a lot. So he went to the state fair and Amy Klobuchar's, it's great because all the politicians at the state level have their own little booth and hers is like a little like house. It looks like a nice little house. It's it's cute, but it's also right in front of the uh, My Pillow guy like building <laughs> where they're selling stuff. It's So the thing has windows and Tony Webster posted this picture where he's like, it looks like because of the way it's positioned that somebody in Amy Klobuchar's little like shack house thing hung up a picture of the my pillow guy with us it's like the poster that says from crack addict to ceo so it looked oh, like yeah. she hung that up and so they took a picture of it and i was like this is incredible this is funny but also several of my friends have now broken this woman at the state fair we weren't like trying to be malicious but you know whatever be on your toes amy and uh, i don't know the next time I was at the State Fair, because I went multiple times because I did some live podcasts there, I figure out how I can write off the State Fair. So, like, whatever people want to be incredible. there for. Yeah. It's like your South by Southwest or something. It totally is my South by Southwest. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we, I walked by with my friend. I was like, holy shit, they boarded up the windows in the Amy Klobuchar hut so that can't be a thing anymore. <laughs> you can't, because I was going to walk by and, like, hide behind it to, like, hold up a sign to be like Minnesota State Fair is better and I couldn't do it <laughs> see this is like all making me so 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 nostalgic for going to state fairs and like it, it, it makes me miss them and like you know kind of mourn that we can't really do them right now in the same way because it is this sort of absurdity where the, the entire world gets so shrunken and there is like a little Amy Amy Klobuchar has a little house in a park the thing about the <laughs> state fair I was trying to figure out why I love it so much and there are people who hate it because it's crowded and it's you know whatever and that's fine if you don't like it I don't care I just won't invite you to come along that's it like if you don't want to go like <laughs> I don't judge hang. you there are a lot of things people like and don't like that's fine but for me I have a, a website that I haven't updated in a while I would only update it when I was bored at work during the state fair it was called Minnesota State Fair cliches and it was just all the cliches at the state fair and people were like wait a minute this is just everything at the state fair and I'm like exactly it's all a cliche <laughs> it's all cliche <laughs> It's so comforting. You go there every year. It's the same thing. I went there with my grandpa, and I when I was five, I remember being on a little leash thing where like wrap around Velcro on my wrist so I could eat with both hands, and my family could eat with both hands and still keep track of me. And there were just certain things you just go. I have friends who would spend a forty-hour work week there. They'll just do different things because it's so big. You can go see the animal shows. You can go see the Four H musical, which is, I believe, somebody called it Haystack Glee. Um, you can grab a beer. Imagine you can be shit faced and go see a high school musical. It is the best thing in the world. Yeah. All the kids are earnest. Um, oh, all those four H kids are just like yeah. too pure for this world. Well, yeah, <laughs> Brandy, you should be made uh, mini Minnesota State Fair ambassador. You should yeah. be the Cultural Milky Way ambassador. queen or whatever it's called. Um, Princess Kim, I'm too old and I'm not. I'm not on the dairy like expert but hey it's, it's never too late uh, yeah <laughs> you know they need an outsider's perspective on dairy sometimes like somebody who can only appreciate it by looking at it not yeah it's also just fun because during certain political things you also see confused out-of-state politicians like there's one picture i have of fred thompson just being like what the fuck is happening here <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you know celebrities come by you have the grand they have the free stage which last year or like two years ago like or last year i know tony 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 uh played uh awesome in vogue did the free stage and then in the grandstand you might have like taylor swift or something like that come through or like the, i saw um 
Patti LaBelle at the grandstand stage. Wow. And wow. it's just like, I don't know, like it's, there's just so much to do. It's so you can, you run into people you don't normally see. And it's also all of Minnesota is there. It's interesting because it's not like a lot of state fairs, like the New York state fair, for example, is in Albany or no, it's in Syracuse. Mm. And mm. Like, that's going to attract certain people. But it's in Falcon Heights, Minnesota. Unfortunately, you might know where it is. It's because that was just down the street from where Philando Castile was shot. But um, Mm -hmm. it's a place where you have all the city folk, but then also all the outstate people come down. And it's just like a big melting pot of fuckery. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just it's every year, you know, you have your favorite food stands that you go to because your parents went there and then someone has to be like, yo, that's not even the best cheese curd stand. You have, um, you get like free stuff in a bag. You're like, oh, like you see adults be like, oh my God, free paper pig hats. Oh, I gotta do that. Uh, like, yeah. I'll just yeah. wear like a pig hat all day. And you have the <laughs> llama costume contest. Like, I mean, that kind of stuff. Like the 4-H kids are just like, uh, people thought I was just making fun of them by going to their musical every year. I'm like, no, I earnestly, they love it. It's, I went to debate camp every year for several years in high school and they all like move into these dorms and they're just like barracks. They practice this show that's a musical. Sometimes they're not the best musicians and not the best singers, but three times a day for 30 minutes, they just do a medley of music in this hot-ass building. <laughs> and I am shit-faced. And one year, I was completely wasted. And I saw the theme was... And the themes are never anything complex. Uh, one time, the theme was the kids woke up in the jungle and they had no idea how they got there. And then the opening scene was a medley of like, welcome to the jungle. Like, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> something else. Oh and like two years ago or last year was something about a candy shop. And of course, they didn't do 50 Cent because if they did, I would have just like completely <laughs> lost it. But it's, it, I was just like screaming. I was like, yeah. And each year we pick our, our all-star musician because you have the band up top. It's a really elaborate set so there's always like one kid who's like too cool with their instruments so there was a cool viola player last year <laughs> there was a cool sax no player thing. one year sorry viola but there's always like <laughs> the one kid and you're like that's the cool kid at the air camp yep there he is right there and so yeah i mean i just i could go on and on you know i should i i should do a state fair podcast but we'll you see you totally should absolutely um, we should we should do it. I'm wait. Is the Iowa one on right now? There did they go no, ahead and do the Iowa all one? of them canceled, including Texas. But Minnesota went forward. Oh no, none of. I mean, Minnesota's. I mean, Minnesota in its limited way. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think the only one that did something limited was like North Dakota or like Nebraska. I don't know. But my friend Haley and I were gonna do a thing this year. She lives in L.A. now, but she's you know she comes back for the fair. I mean, people do yeah. that. They come back to visit their family yeah. go to the fair. We were going to do a 35W because all the state best state fairs are on 35. So we're going to like Minnesota is always it, it's 12 days. It ends on the on Labor Day, the very last day. And I don't like to be there Labor Day because it's like people are tearing down, moving. It's just sad. sad. But I have to go pick up End my crop art. Um, so I went last year and there was a shooting. So that was not cool. But um, <laughs> and we on the gonna, on the grounds. Well, not on the ground. I mean, there are the other thing about the state fair where I'm actually seriously glad it's not happening this year is there are so many fucking cops at the state fair. Like oh, it's yeah. like all the departments send their very like all over the states and their you know cops they send their horse cops and yeah. um I have like a friend who's a I have a friend who's a police officer. She's really really cool. But um like she was saying that like that's not when you want to really work the fair. Um, mm-hmm. but it's you know, all the outstate people get to, you know, come down there. And then 
there was outside the grounds when it ended at 10 o'clock, there was a shooting outside and I showed up from, I'd driven up to International Falls, like Canada basically, to get my global entry card because it was so backed up that you couldn't get it anywhere in the city. So I just was mm-hmm. like, well, I'll drive up there, take a leisurely trip back, come back to the state fair because I couldn't get in till, for free until after a certain point. And when I got there, I had no idea what was going on. It was just chaos, but it was also raining. So I thought people were running because of rain, but there were oh. a lot of sirens. So what I thought had happened was either a stage collapse or lightning strike. Um, I didn't know what was going on. So I finally got into the grounds with my car and I got into the agriculture building and got my crop art just in time. And I was really had to get it because there's a fee if you don't pick it up in time and they have to ship it. (laughs) Um, And I ended up staying in that building till like 2 a.m. just hanging out with the like the operations staff for the state fair. And they were just telling me all their secrets, which I won't tell. But um, (laughs) yeah, so. Uh, it was like I guess there was just like a beef and what happened is someone was shooting someone else and then like people were running and then somebody got hit by a car running across a very busy street and I don't know what happened to the woman who got hit but it was a whole thing and that sucked but um, Minnesota's is like the last state fair until Texas is a little different because Texas runs like September October but it's also 30 days and right. it's also nobody like wants to be outside in August in Texas. Right. And then Texas yeah. does stuff like they have their football game. Like I think Oklahoma UT has their football game at yeah. the state fair. So that oh, one doesn't right. really count in the same way, but we were going to do all of the state fairs. We we're going to go to Iowa. Yeah. Uh, we we're going to go to Kansas. Missouri's is actually near Kansas city. So that was perfect. We can yeah. do Kansas and Missouri's yeah, um, yeah. Oklahoma, Texas and covid like a lot of other people's dreams ruined our dreams so yeah boo boo covid well i appreciate you taking us to the state fair of the mind for this episode (laughs) i um now i'm like really really craving a a turkey leg and a deep fried twinkie deep fried twinkies was a big thing at the iowa one i don't know if that's uh, minnesota they have deep fried stuff but i think it's the you know the minnesota has the corn dog pronto pup divide um, one oh. of them is made with cornmeal, I think. The other one's made with, like, wild rice. So, like, Well, like, these honestly... Glu- the battle of gluten-free dogs. They honestly, <laughs> like, taste the same to me. Like, I sure. don't... I'll go to whichever fried. one has a shorter line. I love yeah, yeah. corn dogs. So I'm just like, whichever corn one... Corn dogs are incredible. I'm very um, centrist on that. I'm so <laughs> hungry for everything now. Uh, this was awesome. Thank you so much for yeah. your... For coming on. Um I loved, uh, yeah, I, I love yeah, all your love, fair tales. We'd love to have you back again. And uh, yeah, we didn't, someday... even, we didn't even talk about like the actual serious things happening in Minneapolis. And that's fine. But... Well, <laughs> we can get back to that. You know, it, we'd love to have you back yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. And... I love this. I list, This is one of my, like, Mondays when all my favorite podcasts, like Monday and Tuesday, drop. And yours is definitely, I'm like, yep, I listen to that every oh. Monday. So I love Thank this podcast. Thank you so much, Brandy. Yeah. Of the Bill Corbett podcast. And we look forward to your future podcasting efforts. And please follow Brandy. Yes. It's the Brandy on Twitter for not just amazing state fair content, but also, uh, incredible close reads of newspaper comics yeah yes <laughs> yes <laughs> fan. my cat was in kitty corner um, yeah on sunday oh, paper <laughs> claudette cookie lion very famous cat i'll ask you just one last question has your cat claudette cookie lion ever come up when you were working on seed art and just like knocked all the seeds yeah, off oh, no but she yes she comes up because there are 
um, I use some like grasses, like um, I forgot what it's called. It starts with an F, but like she likes some of the grasses. And so she'll mm. come up and like sniff them and like try to like lick them. I'm like, please don't. No, Claudia. And it's just like me like <laughs> nudging the cat and the cat just yelling at me and her just getting mad and then like pouting like eight feet away and just staring at me like, meow, meow. <laughs> so yeah, she, she doesn't knock them over. She doesn't like climb on a lot of stuff. And I do a lot of work on like the bed sometimes, but she'll definitely like, oh, be like, oh, this is kind of like a new strain of catnip. Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. like, my cat sees me doing something intricate, like a puzzle that's their cue to like oh, jump yeah. on the table. Just yeah, like. she doesn't climb on stuff unless it's just like a thing she normally climbs on, but she definitely like the grasses of it once I open up. Because I have like those, you know, like the tool box things for like people use for like nuts and bolts. I have a mm-hmm. whole elaborate, I have like maybe 50 different grasses and seeds and like little canisters oh and stuff. And uh, so I keep those like small samples that are portable and totes and then I have like my storage bin of all of that stuff. And once I open that thing up, you could just if you're you know, like smelling grasses and stuff, you know, there you go. Yeah. I was I was actually asking I asked the state auditor because we're I'm doing this fundraiser for her and just a quick thing about um if what happens if recreational marijuana becomes legal in Minnesota, because then you can it has to be grown in Minnesota legally. So hemp is fine. But I was like, well, do you think that more people will use marijuana in their crop art? And she's like, no, because it's actually a terrible, like the plant itself is not great for crop art. It crumbles too easily. It doesn't Mm -hmm. hold its shape. Um, And crop art also has rules where only a certain percentage can be like crushed or like ground seeds and stuff like that. So yeah, marijuana leaves are actually terrible. But if Mm -hmm. you can get like, you know, a little bit of the the dust. I would love for every cool kind of folk art to like come come back especially because we're all going back to the land we're all we're all painting (laughs) with the earth yeah Um, i do feel kind of terrible doing it sometimes i feel kind of because i have like bags and bags of like lentils and beans and seeds and i'm just like this is so like I feel bad. People are hungry and I'm just like gluing this shit to a board for funsies. And I actually like think about that a little bit and I'm just like, well, because there was a shortage of like lentils briefly during the pandemic. And I was like, well, if shit goes down, I guess I can just eat my storage of seeds. (laughs) That's why like you just got to do everything with feed corn or like whatever is just the completely like whatever crop we have way too much of like corn is the only ethical. Corn is (laughs) terrible for... (laughs) Jeweled corn is great, but like corn, it's an irregular, like weird wedge shape. It's my favorite seed. I'll just tell people this. My favorite seed right now <laughs> okay. is pearled barley. Um, oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I use it. That's a good um, texture. Yeah, I'm currently working on a piece where it's a polar bear and grizzly from Polar Bears Cafe and also an angry goose from the Untitled Goose Game. And it's a perfect, it's like an oval shape, <laughs> white. Nice. Um, kind of, this is safflower, which is a weirder wedge shape, but it's more uniform shape so well, you, you have to take um if you can take some pictures of your crop art and send oh, it yeah. to us we'll, we'll share it on our, uh, yeah 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 that would be great the tetris background behind the game boy is something everybody has to see themselves. oh yes <laughs> there's layers to this shit <laughs> <laughs> it's great um well thank you so much brandy this is awesome uh yeah thank you for having me i'm so happy oh i it feels nice to be able to talk about the state fair. I'm not going, but it's always my favorite thing to like dork out and introduce new people to. So yeah, it's it's awesome. So someday we'll do a war of the state fairs because I I do oh, yeah. unlike unlike Amy Klobuchar, 
I will commit to the Iowa State Fair, even though I haven't been to the Minnesota State Fair before. So, <laughs> Minnesota, like, here's my true thing. Minnesota is objectively better, and Iowans have told me that. Iowa is just smaller because it's a smaller state, and it's it used to be the biggest. Iowa is Back very dependent day. on the presidential campaign cycle, That's and Minnesota's true. will stand alone always. Like we were just like, <laughs> oh, politicians sure get in line. Like Minnesota State Fair's press release, like their their PR team, they don't grant any special press passes. They're like, if you want to treat this like press, we'll treat everyone the same. You can come hmm. in, pay for a ticket, and uh, we might give you like special parking or security stuff, but like you're you're treated like just like a regular person at the state fair. So no VIP unless you're performing. Or something, you need to load in or out, or something like that. And you're staff, here in the 4 H club. And well, that's why it's called the state fair and not the state unfair. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does it for this week's night call. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. If you're enjoying the show, won't you please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts? And don't forget to subscribe. Um, if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can at patreon.com forward slash night call. You can also find us on social media. We are night call podcast on instagram and facebook and night call pod on twitter thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.